Welcome to the battle. I'm Matt Sidholm, and this season, Jen Tully and I will try to determine the winner of the battle of 80s movie soundtrack songs. We've got 16 songs competing in four different categories. Every episode will have one battle, and in episode 15, we will crown a champion. We're going to use three categories to determine our winner every week. Number one, songwriting. How does the song sound? What do we think of the lyrics? Number two, critical reception. How did the song chart? Was it generally considered a good or bad song? Did it win any awards? Finally, cultural significance. Do people know this song? Do people know the movie? How much does it resonate with people? So this week, we've got our first round battle in the Anthem Division. Number two seed, If You Leave by OMD. That stands for Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark from the movie Pretty in Pink. And number three seed, I've Had the Time of My Life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens from Dirty Dancing. So Jen, let's start us off. What did you think of the songwriting when listening back to these songs? Wow. You know, I'll start by saying this is going to be a hard battle for me. You know, these are two of my favorite songs. They're two of my all-time favorite movies. So it was a really, it was tough to take a look at these. Um, But from a songwriting standpoint, I think that... Um, I would I would go with If You Leave in terms of being the better song from a songwriting standpoint. So I think that, you know, what I'll say about If You Leave that I think separates it, that's unique. So I'm going to start with something unique is that If You Leave, and if you've not done this, try it. I promise you, this is one of the only songs that sounds as good if you sing it while you're actually crying <laughs> as when you sing it not crying. <laughs> So like, think about it. Think about the way they see, if you leave, I will cry. Like, it sounds exactly the same, maybe even better is when you sing it when you're not. So I would say that definitely, and I've thought that since the song first came out, I'm like, this is one of the only songs that you really can cry to and sound as good as if you're singing it regularly. So it definitely has that going for it. (laughs) That's amazing. I've never, I've never thought about that, but you're right. Even at the end, when you're doing the, ooh, if you Mm -hmm. leave, like, it's like, yeah, I could see myself like crying. You could still belt this out and it still works that way too. Exactly. So for uniqueness, it gets that. And then again, too, like you can't, it's hard to argue with, I touch you once, I touch you twice. I won't let go at any price. Right. That's that's pretty spectacular Mm -hmm. in terms of like a love song that's going to really like grab your heart and run away with it. So definitely, um, I would say for me on songwriting, if you leave inches out uh, a little bit better, not that time of my life isn't great. You know, you have the fabulous um, Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers and Jennifer Warnes, whose voice is just, you know, undeniably beautiful. Um, but I think if we're just looking at songwriting, um, the lyrics for If You Leave, um, that, that those win for me over time of my life. What do you think? Uh, I actually completely agree. And I was kind of surprised okay. because I don't think of If You Leave. I had never thought about it as like a well-written song. But then when I really dug in the lyrics while lo- comparing these two songs, I was like, this is so much better written than I've had the time in my life. The first verse Mm -hmm. is, you know, if you leave, don't leave now. Please don't take my heart away. Promise me just one more night. Then we'll go our separate ways. Like that's 
That's really good. I think that's really good. Now, both songs, both songs, my problem with both songs is they both hit the chorus just a few too many times. Okay. (laughs) Seven times. And I've had the time of my life. Just four times. Yes. Seven times. It opens with the chorus. (laughs) Okay. That's true. They open the song with the chorus. They hit it seven times. If You Leave goes, you know, about four and a half minutes total. I think it hits it five times. If they just went four times, wow. this this might be a really, really well done song. That would have been my one note. Both of them went on a little too long. Um, the first one sounds like the era in which it is written. Okay. So I've had the time of my life is maybe a little bit more unique in that sense. But God, lyrically, I don't think the lyrics that I've had the time of my life are that good now that I've written through them. There, there's no way we can disguise secretly. Like that's right. That's kind of bad, right? <laughs> like we can disguise yeah. secretly. I don't think that's a good pairing of adjective and adverb. If I could, if I could be an English professor for a moment, and then when she says, "Yes, I know what's on your mind when you say stay with me tonight." Well, he said, "Stay with me tonight." Like you're not exactly a mind reader, <laughs> Jennifer. Okay. <laughs> I think we Bill Medley's right. been on the road for 30 years at this point. I think we all know what he means. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't want to just like practice their dance routine. I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. that's what's happening. <laughs> and you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's when I, I was actually kind of disappointed reading through these two songs because I'm just like, man, I've had the time of my life is not a well-written song and and i think if you leave the other thing i love about if you leave and um you know we'll get into the movie later but the intro is 33 seconds like just that opening part and like it's a great samurai and i talk about songs you can strut to right and this one when it opens up like that 33 seconds is really strong from an opening i've had the time my life both songs go ahead well, both songs are instantly recognizable. That's yes. what I was going to say too. Yes. Like as soon as Bill Medley starts in with the chorus at the beginning, like you know, you know what's happening. You know that song, and same thing. The first moment you hear those strings from um, "If You Leave," you know that it's the OMD song. Um, so yes, that was that was one thing I gave them a tie on. They both are instantly recognizable, mm-hmm. but. As we move out, you mentioned this criteria number two is critical reception. Do you have a song that's a clear winner in this category? Which one of these songs do you think uh, takes that? So I think you and I were in agreement. OMD wins the songwriting category for critical reception. For sure. I mean, this is a knockout. I mean, I've had the time of my life won a Grammy, won an Oscar, won a Golden Globe. It was number one Mm -hmm. on the Billboard Hot 100, which is all songs, right? And then number one on the adult adult contemporary charts for four weeks. It charted in other countries. I mean, if you leave, I think hit the charts in in the U.S. I think it got as high as the top 10 and top 10 in a couple other countries. But I mean, there's no doubt here. Like everyone was really high on I've had the time of my life. Absolutely. I think that it's the clear winner. Also, um, you know, I think that critically too, everybody loved time of my life when it, when it came out. And I think if you leave has become 
like legacy critics love it, but initially, you know, it was sort of panned as like false and contrived or a dull ballad was another uh, criticism I saw of it. Um, and it did, you were right, it peaked on the Billboard Hot 100 charts at number four and then ended the year on Billboard Top 100 at number 53. Um, it did have a few covers. For me, that's also a gauge of kind of longevity and critical acceptance. Um, Good Charlotte's done a cover of it. Not a Surf has done a cover of it. It. Angel Olsen's done a cover of it. So it's been loved enough that some pretty decent bands have covered it. But yeah, hands down, Time of My Life takes this one. It won all of the awards. It went to number one in six countries in addition to the US. Like it was everywhere. And I think with Time of My Life, too, though, you have this interesting, like when I'm thinking about it critically, you have an interesting kind of trifecta. You know, there's the age-old argument about the movie The Shining. Like, was it Stephen King? Was it Stanley Kubrick? Was it Jack Nicholson that made that movie magic, mm -hmm. right? Like, which one of the three? My answer is always the same. It was all three right, of them, right. right? Like, the three of them together is what created the magic. And I think that's what you have here. You have Patrick Swayze, you have Jennifer Grey, and you have this song, right? Like, those three together it wouldn't work without all three of them. Like that ending could have been so cheesy. You know, the, I think the story goes that when they were filming it, they shot that last scene first and they used like a Lionel Richie song for a long time. I don't remember which one, but I'm pretty sure it was a Lionel Richie song. And they were all like, this movie's going to be terrible. <laughs> and then they got the demo of this song and it completely changed like they were all like, oh my gosh, wait, maybe we, maybe we have a hit on our hands. So I think it's like the three, the, the three things together are what make that, are what make that a magical song. And I think what lent, what, what lent itself or why it was so critically well-received is that, you know, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey boosted the song, the song boosted Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. And, you know, like all together, you just get this iconic movie moment. I agree. And I think that makes a nice segue into our last category, which is cultural significance. And you already kind of touched on it. Like everybody knows the scene in this movie where they're playing the song. And, and I've wondered, and yeah. I, I think I know the answer. I have my own opinion on this, but I was wondering, I mean, I think people, more people have seen Dirty Dancing than Pretty in Pink. Same note I made. Yeah, I think. And I think, again, if 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 our first category went to If You Leave and second category was a blowout for Time of My Life, I think that this category is going to go to Time of My Life also, because I think that Pretty in Pink was billed as a teen movie. Right. And so like moms and 30 somethings didn't necessarily go see it, but everybody went to see Dirty Dancing. Right. Like I think it started out as like maybe it's a teen movie, maybe it's an adult movie because of the title you know, like, what do we have here? So I think you had a little bit, they, time of my life had the benefit of just having naturally a wider audience than if you leave in pretty in pink. Um, and, but I also tried to think when thinking of cultural significance, like when I close my eyes and I think about this scene in the movie, which one wins? And again, hands down, it's kind of a time of my life moment, right? That whole ending, the whole last five minutes of the movie is this song. Whereas if you leave, you have a great moment and I can close my eyes and I can see, you know, Ducky and Andy walking into the prom together. But the big moment, right? You, you have nobody puts baby in a corner. 
um, or the lift, actually, you know, you, you have the payoff being the lift to the song, whereas the payoff kind of for the OMD song is Ducky showing up at the prom and they play this kind of weird piano music over that part in the movie, right? right? right. And then the OMD song comes back in. But when they first, when Andy and Ducky first realize one another are there together, it's piano music. And so I'm like, well, that kind of ruins the iconicness of the song and the movie as well. Whereas you cannot escape time of my life in the finale of dirty dancing. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And the other thing is that pretty in pink has the song pretty in pink. right? <laughs> like, so, True. so the title yeah. song also people associate with the movie and yeah, I, I just don't think, unfortunately, because I do love the movie pretty in pink, but, and, and interestingly, too. and I hadn't thought about this before I was preparing for this, but, you know, both movies kind of touch on like income inequality, right? Still a very relevant topic today, yeah. but you've kind of got, you know, the the rich kids and the poor kids kind of highlighted in both movies. So that's that's kind of interesting and, and just an amazing performance yeah. by James Spader, a young James Spader in Pretty in Pink. Yes. Um, so sleazy. So sleazy. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's off the charts. Um but yeah, I just think you got to keep you keep going back to dirty dancing, which by the way, okay? The weird subplot that is kind of overshadowed by like dancing, right? Of Penny having like this backroom abortion and then like almost oh, dying yeah. and then like dad Jerry Orbach got to come in and kind of save her. And, but like that's sort of like just brushed aside amidst all the dancing. And it's like, wait a minute. Right. Like it was like years before I understood any of that. Right. I, I don't know how many times I'd seen the movie before it was like, wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> like that's what happened before that really hit me. Right. But that I feel like you can do the same thing to Pretty in Pink, right? Like, what about this Ducky character? You never yes. see his parents. Yes. He lives in this room where he's sleeping on a mattress with like graffiti on the yeah. wall. And like, same thing. I go back and I revisit that and I'm like, oh my God, is this kid homeless? Like, what's happening here? Like, we're completely brushing over. <laughs> like, you get that they're from, you know, I'm air quoting like the wrong side of the tracks, but I'm like, do we need to be calling child yeah, services? Somebody help like, this child. It is a child. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's in high school. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, this was before John Cryer so, was one of the men in Two and a Half Men. Okay. He was yeah. only half at that point. Yeah. Exactly. He was still a baby himself. And so, yeah, I feel like there are definitely um, for these like really, I think we think of these movies as being like uplifting, like teen pop culture canon at this point, right? Like, yeah, they do have these really kind of dark undertones that when you look at them with a modern eye, you're like, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> Strange. That didn't even <laughs> register for me, you know, back then. <laughs> Well, I, I think the conclusion we're coming here is that I've had the time my life is going to advance here. It is. I think it's our winner, sadly, because I do love them both. And like, you cannot ignore John Hughes and his contribution to, you know, this genre of film and, and music featured so prominently in it. But I think that the verdict is, has got to be that it is, um, it's got to be time of my life in this one. Yeah. Well, if you leave, leave the competition, but it's still, I think it's a better song. Everybody go out and listen to it because it's definitely worth a listen if you haven't heard it. So there we go. We've got our first quarter finalists. 
Okay, let's find out who joins them next week in the Anthem Division. We've got our top seed, Don't You Forget About Me, from The Breakfast Club, taking on The Glory of Love from Karate Kid Part 2. Start your own debate this week. Tell us what you think at Super Awesome Mix, and then come back and see if Glory of Love can pull off a crane kick upset. I'm Matt Sidholm. She's Jen Tully. We'll be back next week with another battle.